0: Who is Kara Swisher? She's definitely one of the most feared people in Silicon Valley with a pedigree worth its weight in several lifetimes of gold. She's a professional journalist and ballbuster. Kara wanted to have a career in the military or the CIA but they wouldn't have her because of her sexual orientation which she refused to keep secret only perpetuating the oxymoron of military intelligence. Do not trifle with Swisher. Her wit is just as sharp as her intellect. Remember the original CSI Miami? To me, Kara is equal parts Horatio Kane, especially the signature sunglasses, who was played by veteran actor David Caruso, and the other part, Kate McKinnon from Saturday Night Live. She's been called brash, cocky, arrogant, and a bully. And that was just Elon Musk in their last interview. Not really. But Elon did threaten to end his interview with Kara abruptly during their last sparring match on Kara's podcast called Sway talking about whether or not Elon's vaccine tweets were irresponsible. Which they were. She handled them gracefully like a Spanish manador. Ole! (laughs) From Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, Zucks, Dorsey, and all the Tech Billionaire Boys Club, to heads of states, authors, actors, et al, have been in Kara's hot seat at one time or the other. She's a pro. She doesn't take your shit and doesn't hold back from asking the hard questions. She's a mother of three and pretty good at it by her own account. Although if any of her children decide to commit a crime, she said she would immediately turn them into the authorities. So that's the way it is. Here we go with the incomparable Kara Swisher. So uh, I'm you right now, okay? Yeah. Hi everyone, I'm Kara Swisher. I'm I'm a writer, a podcaster, and a tech genius, and you're watching Behind the Brand with Brian Elliott.
1: Oh, you want me to do that? Oh. That's a cold Mm -hmm. open, yeah. I don't want to do that. (laughs) I don't, we don't usually.
0: I'd also like to thank our sponsor, our friends at the Dot .store domains, where you can get your own custom dot .store domain to set up your own website to sell products or services. You know, different from any .com or .net or other extension, the .store extension really gives your customers a destination to shop for your stuff. Think about your domain name, .store. It instantly tells people your website is a store and lets your website and URL do the marketing for you. I tried it out myself and I'm loving it. I set up my own .store with Behind the Brand. It's Behind the Brand.store, and you can find some of my favorite books from best-selling authors who've also been on the show and given me a great deal to sell their books or sell a few copies of their books better than you get on Amazon. You can get your own .store domain by going to my special link at bit.ly forward slash your custom store, that's http colon forward slash forward slash bit.ly forward slash your custom store. Just go to bit.ly forward slash your custom store and you can check it out. Now let's get into the episode. Okay. Uh, let's break protocol. I mean right. if 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 ever there is a time to break <laughs> sorry, they just oh. don't
1: like me doing stuff like that, so I don't wanna
0: No, it's only been okay. a decade and All no right. one well, has ever care. broken protocol. Well, here I we love you. Okay. <laughs> okay. So so I'll do my open. Okay. Hey everyone, I'm Brian Elliott. Welcome to another edition of Behind the Brand. Today I'm here with the incomparable Kara swisher, Kara. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. I'm Kara Swisher. I'm a writer, a journalist, a podcaster, and, uh, and a mom, essentially. I do a lot of things.
0: Welcome to the show. Thank you. I usually ask my guests, how did you get this job?
1: Mm-hmm. Which one? I have a lot of jobs.
0: Well, let's go back in the chronology. Okay. To young Kara. What mm-hmm. did you want to be when you grew up?
1: I wanted to be in the CIA. I wanted to be, I want to be, or the military, and uh, I couldn't because I couldn't be in the military. I wanted to do military intelligence because I was gay, and at the time, uh, uh, continuing into today, there's a lot of problems. But at the time, it was don't ask, don't tell, and I didn't want to do. I wanted to tell. I wanted them to ask, and so it wasn't really didn't work out. Um, So I couldn't join the military, and so I went to. um, I had gone to the foreign service school at Georgetown University and studied international affairs. And I thought I would I would possibly do some sort of service, some sort of service to government. But then uh, when it's journalism, worked for a lot of places.
0: Let's put a timestamp on this. About what age were you when you were thinking about going into the CIA? I mean, like, <laughs> were you like five well, years old no, your,
1: no 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 No, i don't know what i wanted to do when i was a kid i don't i wasn't one of those kids that had a goal or anything like that i didn't i want to be this when i grow up i wasn't like that um but when i got to school i i really did think it was important to serve i wanted to do analysis i was really good at analyzing things and so i wanted i was super interested in international affairs and being posted abroad and working in the military
0: and so i want to unpack that a little bit more maybe we mm-hmm. will down the stream a little bit. but And the reason I ask that, I ask it with context because I think right now, you know, Mm -hmm. we're going through another period of extraordinary times, right? So there's, in my mind, of course, there's several camps of people. I don't wanna overgeneralize, but I will oversimplify. And that is there's two camps. There's one, you know, there's, uh, you know, kids like mine and maybe yours who are coming Mm -hmm. out of school and thinking, what am I gonna do with my life? Yeah. And then there's a whole rest of us who are middle-aged who have either been downsized, lost their job, Mm economies turned us upside down, and we're, th- we're trying to reset, and we're thinking, sure. what are we gonna do with our lives? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so can you talk about signals early on? So how did you, like, what were some of the signals that you knew you wanted to serve? It's interesting mm-hmm. that you wanted to go into specifically the CIA, because that's, I think, a very- Well,
1: military intelligence, one of them, something like that, somewhere in there. Yeah. I, I was interested in propaganda. I was, in, I was always interested in the uses of propaganda and uh, influencing people and, and what influences people and how societies get shifted. Um, including mm-hmm. technological influences. So I was always interested in how things, um, scenario building and how things happen. My dad was in the military, probably that okay. was my interest. Um, but that wasn't primarily why. I just thought it was, I thought it was really important to serve. I think, it's, I think it's sort of a canard that people who are liberal don't care, aren't patriotic. I think it's crap, actually. Um, and so uh, I, I, thought, I think it's really important to have a civic m- mentality about things. And that was one way I thought would work. And it was appealing to me for lots of reasons.
0: What branch of the service was your dad in? The Navy. Navy, okay. Mm -hmm. And was your your mom in the picture?
1: Uh, Yeah, she was. She was just, she didn't work much. Um, She was a a housewife precisely, but uh, uh, after my dad died when I was little, um, she remarried and they had money and so she didn't do a whole lot of things, but we were very hard working. My my brothers and I are incredibly hardworking. And you know, I've had jobs ever since I was in high school, you know, ever, I mean, I worked quite a lot. Um, And I continue to work all the time. And I shift careers really uh, substantively during my long career, it's it's been on the same trajectory in journalism. But I've I've moved with the times with the technologies. And I'm really I've been very adept, I think about shifting as times shift, and I don't have an issue with sticking around in things that aren't working.
0: Yeah. Your brother's a, a doctor, pretty notable mm-hmm. doctor, right? And, well,
1: uh, to himself, yeah. <laughs> yes,
0: he's well, he's, I'd say he's prolific. I mean, he's, it I is. see him out there on he's the on
1: internet. He's on the internet. <laughs> he likes the Twitter. He's a Twitter.
0: Yeah. He's a Twitter Yeah. And, and it seems like you're he proud has a of him. He blog
1: now? Yeah. I'm very proud. He's a wonderful guy.
0: And it also seems like you're very proud of your mother. You talk about, you know, bringing mm-hmm. her to the shows and, yeah. uh, your relationship with her. And,
1: mm-hmm. well, proud is, it, it would be stretching it. I'm sad. We're having some issues with her because of, uh, her, her, her resistance to calling coronavirus anything but the flu initially. She's, she's speaking of propaganda. She spends a lot of time on Fox News. And so we spent a lot of time uh, disabusing her of the fact that the election is not a fraud and things like that. So, uh, you know, it's the normal normal family stuff in the 2020 in America, which is yeah. families torn apart by political partisanship.
0: So maybe that's a good segue into something I'm always curious about, and I can tell you why. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm curious about nature versus nurture. Mm -hmm. What is your take on that? Like, where does that sort of um, call to duty, almost like this sense of obligation to like serve your hard work ethic, where does that Mm -hmm. come from? Do you think that's born or was that... No, is it I, think
1: it's, I think it's learned partly partially i think there's some people people have a nature i have children i have several children i have three children and uh they're all different and the way they are was the way they were born one my oldest son is is always been very happy it was very happy from and very easy to also easy to to get to do things too you know i mean he's just my other one's are much more stubborn and um uh and and more wary my daughter is uh, very confident uh, very happy, very in charge, and and so people have their personalities when they come out. Um, but you can you can they can be impacted easily by events. Um, so how you raise someone, the kind of love you give them, the kind of attention, uh, the kind of um, you know how you focus on them, how things have, external things happen to them in the world uh, can change people's trajectory really dramatically. Um, and. Mm-hmm. And move them, and maybe even sharpen some of the edges that they already had in ways that aren't so positive. Um, I was just watching this really wonderful movie that's up for an Academy Award, "Promising Young Woman," which uh, which is a really tough movie, but great. And here's someone: the whole point of it is she was they pro- thought she was promising because she was in a medical career. I thought she was very promising what she ended up doing, even though it was disastrous. You know, so it's a it's a really interesting question of what promising is um, to people.
0: Yeah. And so was there an event in your life that sort of you know changed the trajectory of
1: my of dad's death? You- that's it. That was it. That the the only one. I mean, of lots of things like different career turns, but they're just, they are just the happen all the time. I mean, people, um, think people think to has to be this great this moment grand moment of like this is when everything started i think one of the things that's really important is is that you shift constantly and i do that all the time like one day i decided I wanted to not work for a newspaper anymore. I wanted to start my own thing. I was very entrepreneurial, and I was tired of saying, I'm better, I know better. Just, well, if I know better, I should go do it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. not a lot of people oh, do yes. that, you know? I think not a lot of people do that, but I did. I have a, a personality trait that is like, well, stop t- talking, Kara, and do something about it, um, and- When was uh, that, by the way? Oh, I did it lots of times. <laughs> I do it all the time. I do it even today. Yeah. Um, one of the one that was in, when I started, um, all things d and the all things d conference with walt mossberg but it was also when i left the washington post to go to the wall street journal to cover the internet i was cover. i was on a very good trajectory to be a very top reporter covering the white house at the wall at the new york at the washington post big deal um i was an up-and-coming writer but i moved quickly to cover the internet no one heard of the internet in the early 1990s what's that Kara? Um, And I just had a feeling about it. And so I moved off a trajectory to another one that I thought was more interesting. Same thing when I then I decided to sell um, all things, fund all things D into recode and then to sell it. And then after doing that for a little bit, I decided, oh, this podcast thing looks interesting five, six years ago before it became a thing. And so I tend to try to follow my instinct of what would be interesting and what's interesting to me. Um, yeah. But I don't think there's anyone one. people just you just have to be aware of turns and most people just continue in, you know, a job they don't like very much for a very long time because they don't think they have other options. I always the gates always open as far as I'm concerned um, and I can I can leave. Uh, I, I think the only thing would be the death of my dad when I was five. That certainly that was a major event for me.
0: Can you share more of how you felt about that? I, I actually I was recently five, lost. So,
1: yeah, I'm sorry. Go well, ahead.
0: Well, I lost my father last year. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, and it was devastating, mm-hmm. and uh, it was out of the blue. I didn't expect it. Uh, mm-hmm. he was young, 69 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't imagine. Uh, you're five. You know, you didn't have a sense of what was going on. But, but how oh, did I'd it see. affect you? You say it was it was a profound change, but. Well,
1: you you know, I think there's a lot of literature on this, a lot of studies about this and what happens to people who lose parents at a young age. And, uh, you know, just imagine, you know, right now, if half your friends died, like your parents when you're five are really pretty much your entire world or most of the world. You don't have very many real friends. You have people you play in the sandbox with, but you certainly don't have friends. You have your siblings. Um, But if you imagine, really, they are your world. And so if one half of your friends all just suddenly died. It's that kind of, that's how I kind of look at it. Like what, like it would be shocking and devastating. And so I think it also gives you a sense of, of the, capri- the capriciousness of life, that life can change on a dime, that things, bad things happen and you're, you survive them just fine. You know what I mean? Like you just keep going. And so I think yeah. at that age, it taught me a lot of lessons. A lot of people whose, whose parents have died at a young age, at a young age, not older, um, they're called, they often become highly functional Um, which means essentially they just very little gets in their way and they don't tend to dwell too much. I think I'm pretty, I think that is a, I think I tend to be fine with moving on like next, whatever. I don't get, I don't get bogged down by failure. I don't get bogged down by success.
0: I would guess that you have to grow up quickly too
1: yeah in a lot of ways my mom was not not as good a parent as my dad was so she wasn't a terrible parent it just was he was more attentive to us as kids and um you know it just gives you a dose of reality pretty quickly um and so you end up being um, um, you end up taking care of yourself in a lot of ways
0: Yeah. yeah i've seen it go both ways i've seen you know let's call it adversity you know when it punches you in the mouth Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Tyson's famous for saying, "Everyone has a plan until you get punched in the mouth." Mm-hmm. Uh, you seem to be someone who got back up and yeah. kept fighting. Yeah. Other people stay down and they're out for the count, you know. Um, so I, I really think adversity could either kick your ass, yeah, um, or you can mm-hmm. get up, shake, your, you know, dust yourself off, and and keep going. Right. Um, I ask about nature and nurture a lot, and I'll, I'll share a little bit with you. I've shared. Uh, publicly last year um Mm -hmm. very spontaneously Mm -hmm. uh at a major event in front of 500 people strangers Mm -hmm. uh for the very first time that that i'm adopted oh and um and i shared my adoption story because Mm -hmm. uh, i had been in search of my birth parents for 25 30 years Mm -hmm. and it had been a long search and um, I, I'm always curious about nature versus nurture because I am curious about my own self. I think that's my main selfish pursuit is to figure out mm-hmm. you know who I am and why I behave like I do. Mm-hmm. Um but it was both the you know most incredible but most terrible experience at the same time. I mm-hmm. found my mom oh. uh but it turns out she did not want to be found.
1: Oh.
0: And and that was surprising.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then I found my dad mm-hmm. uh, and he did want to be found. He was oh. uh, you know, a hippie Um, very liberal, uh, Jew, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, open-minded, you Mm -hmm. know, had uh, followed the Grateful Dead and lived in Haight-Ashbury, you know, (laughs) a San Francisco guy, Mm -hmm. uh, super colorful, interesting person. Um, But it was hard for me to reconcile um, my mom's side just because I I never got contact. Uh, Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I have a whole side of the family, the DNA side that I I haven't cracked the code yet. But uh, Mm -hmm. that's why I ask about signals and, and nature and well, nurture. That's a story,
1: Steve Jobs had a similar thing. You know, he he when he when he was uh, looking looking for his family. He did find his sister. I think that was important to him more so than his parents. Um and he yeah. had a very close relationship with, with his um adopted parents and I think it hurt I think he recognized who what parents really are. They aren't necessarily the people who birthed you. But you know, yeah. it's, these days it's so much it's such a complex issue. Um and there's so many people with that that have pa- families in different ways. My Uh, Sons just found two of their half sisters, which was kind of interesting. Um, You know, uh, using, there's all these sort of tools uh, that you can find these things now, which is fascinating in a lot of ways, but also opens up who and what we are.
0: For sure. Uh, How well did you know Steve Jobs?
1: Very well. I interviewed him dozens of times, a dozen times more. Yeah, and I I saw him more than that.
0: Yeah, what I read about him, and I don't know, maybe you can confirm this, is he sort of had this chip on his shoulder, almost like to. almost to prove uh, it goes back to adoption that he was, you know, trying to prove something no. that uh, no. I, and I asked her anecdotally about a story about he met his dad in a cafe and sort of, you know, he brushed went there. Him off.
1: he went, yeah. he didn't brush him off. That's a lot of the stories that you should actually do with everything. Uh, he, yeah. he, uh, he did meet his father. He was disappointed by his father. Um, I don't, yeah. he didn't, um, he, 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 didn't realize he had been in his restaurant, I think is what it was. Uh, he, um, but he did meet them and I think he was less impressed with his parents than he thought he would be, but he was very happy to see his sister. Right. Um, I don't think he had a chip on his shoulder. I think he, you know, like a lot of people when you get, um, you know, I think he, he probably, he was, he was not an easy personality, but a lot of people aren't easy personalities. I think he had a lot of vision. I think he had a lot of heart. I think sometimes he had too much heart. Um, but he definitely, you know, like a lot of people who lived in public, they have a lot of negatives and positives. And, um, yeah. But I don't think he was trying to prove anything from his parents. I, I've talk, I talked to him a great deal about that issue. Um, and uh, he seemed did to... Did he feel misunderstood? I think he wanted to say, you don't, your parents aren't always your parents. I think that was the message he wanted to...
0: Yeah. So. Well, I would agree with that. Um, mm-hmm. I know that firsthand. Yeah. Uh, but um, did he feel misunderstood, do you think?
1: No, I think he was very understood. I don't know. I think you know. I don't.
0: Yeah. Uh, and you've grappled and wrestled with um, tech billionaires and tech mm-hmm. stars over the years. Um, you've been titled like one of the most feared people mm-hmm. in yes, Silicon silly. Valley. Yeah. And you also happen to be female. Yeah. Um, which I think is an interesting. Fear
1: is a word way. they use by females that ask questions, just so you know, because they're scary. <laughs>
0: yes by the most
1: powerful people in the world, I'm sure. They're terrified.
0: Yes, I love it. And I was especially uh, impressed just with your last podcast with Elon. Mm -hmm. I know you've talked to Elon many times. I'm sure Mm you got him on speed dial, but there was a moment in that interview, do you remember, when you were sort of pressing the issue, and I can't even remember exactly what it was, but he sort of got a little bit nasty. He turned a little bit negative. Mm -hmm. And he said, "Uh, Kara, I'm happy to end this interview immediately. Mm -hmm. And you said, no, thanks. It was just like, (laughs) <laughs> Ping. Captain America, it's because he's or... done
1: it before he's done that before he likes to do that and he you know he wants everyone to go oh no no dear sir you know yeah. really he wants people to get shook up by it. whatever he can leave if he wants i'm not his mama you know that's how i feel like you want, you go ahead you're an adult leave if you want i we're having a discussion you don't like all of it and i can't help you if you want to leave i don't I, you don't need my permission
0: yeah well, well it was like well, a threat. Was it?
1: it was silly he was just being silly yeah, but is that just
0: peacocking though? Is that what it is? I don't know.
1: He just was mad about something. No, it's just his thing. I could do he every now and then he realizes he's the richest man in the world. He could do whatever he wants. But so can anyone else. That's my feeling. So I think that's what he's he's like, Wait a second, I'm Elon Musk. I could leave if I want. I guess I don't know. I have no idea what he was going through his head. But he yeah. didn't leave, so he didn't. So
0: well, maybe yeah, let's frame you know. this as advice to sure. other journalists or people that are trying to tell stories. What advice do you give them when you come up with with a, you know, up against a big personality like that and <sighs> you get a little bit of pushback?
1: Just So what? Like, don't worry about it. Like, don't like I don't, I don't like, you know, I'm not I don't stay up at night worrying about what elon or anyone else thinks of me i really don't i could care less and i don't do, not to say i care or don't care either um i try to be fair i try to be polite um i try to ask tough questions i respect their intelligence um if they don't want to answer questions they don't have to answer questions but they have yeah. to live with what they say and so i don't like i don't get angry at anybody i'm talking to necessarily i just like all right i'm i ask this very tough question i try to ask the toughest questions i can And 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 by tough, I don't mean I don't I mean hard, like really difficult and thoughtful questions. And I think one of the things that always sticks to people that ask like that, oh, you're so mean or something like that. Why is it mean to ask, I don't know, Elon about his issues around COVID? Well, how could and and ask it very directly because I'm respectful to him. How could you have tweeted that about COVID? I think that's irresponsible. Yeah. And, and then I said, I thought it was irresponsible. So he knew where I was coming from. I asked a direct question and he, ha- he gave actually a, an answer. It wasn't an answer I liked, but it was an answer. And so, um, but I, I think you just have to have respect to see people where you're coming from and be very honest. And I think most smart people do not resist that. They don't like, they, they, they might not give you an answer you like, but I don't like, um, they don't shake me up. Like, I don't care. Yeah. They're not, well, like, again, yeah, I'm not their mama.
0: So, let me ask a little bit further. If I was
1: Elon's mother at that moment and yelling at a journalist like that, I would have said, "Don't ever talk to someone like that again." But that's sure.
0: Fair. Well, it makes sense.
1: Yeah.
0: But is is that the case? Are you able to do that because you have this great pedigree now or this great breadth of experience? No. Like, was it the same way yes. when you first started your career? Yes. You know? Yes. You had the same moxie, the same guts. Yeah, I don't, I
1: don't, I don't like, I don't, I don't like. You either have to be secure in yourself or not. I just if it. it, it you know I wasn't as knowledgeable that's different like I didn't have as much knowledge now I have a lot of knowledge and I have a lot of experience and a lot of expertise but that doesn't mean my judgment is perfect either by the way you know all kinds of studies about people who have lots of experience making bad judgments or different judgments than the correct judgment and so I what I like to do is I just I I, I, I try to do my best work of research and then and, and knowing what I'm talking about I try to read widely when I'm talking to people I try to know what what they've said about things before. I have respect right. enough to have spent time to know what they've said. And then when they start to move into talking points, I try to get that out of the way really quickly. I'm like, listen, that's your talking point. I did it with Brian the other day, Chesky. He was looking down at a sheet. I said, put your, put your eyes up at me. Don't look at the Thank sheet. You. Look at me. Answer the question. And he was sort of jarred out of it, and we had a much better conversation. So I just treat people like, like I would normally, like anyone. So I don't, just because they're billionaires doesn't mean they get a pass like, aren't you so smart or, but yeah. I also don't treat them like they're evil either. Like you awful evil villain, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, that's what I love about you is uh, I feel like you speak the truth mm-hmm. or, you, you know, you try to, you're in pursuit of the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, talk to me about your process of doing the research. How much research do you do? Now, you have the uh, advantage of, mm-hmm. you know, being a career journalist and, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, following these people. You know, I heard you talk to Mark Cuban and you were mm-hmm. reminiscing, you know, back oh, in the day yeah. before Mark was uh, a billionaire. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And really so you have time. that
0: advantage of, of knowing them before they were famous. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what is your process to do the research?
1: Oh, I just read widely, you know, I know a lot, a lot of stuff I know people for years. I mean, I've covered him for a long time. So I, I have yeah. a lot of a well of knowledge just in my head about him and I know what he's going to say. And I know what I want to talk about, like of the time, but I know what they're doing right now and what they've said about it and people's negative and positive thoughts about it. And so I just read widely. We have a good staff at The Times. Um, and on pivot i already know the stories i've read them all you know we, the, that's much more topical so i do yeah. a lot of research and then we put out like we figure out a good narrative script in terms of how we want the in, the in the interviews to go and then um and then we i go off of them when it doesn't when something changes when they say something interesting i go i'll i'll throw away the script and move to a different direction if i need to <clears throat> so yeah I, excuse me i spend a lot of time listening to people
0: so uh, specifically, are you reading other people's articles? I mean, obviously, Sometimes. when you talk to Bill Gates, you, you know, you read Bill's book. and
1: I read his book. Right, yeah. yeah.
0: You know, you, you had commentary on that and you had questions. I thought you did a great job yeah. sort of pushing back. And maybe it's interesting to see someone like Gates who's gone through this evolution of being yeah. um, like Murdoch is, the Uncle Satan, to now. No, you he's know, still so-
1: Murdoch Mur- is always Uncle Satan. I'm sorry. Well, you know, but,
0: but Bill was there for a, ri- a while, right? Like he was the most hated man. He was Zuckerberg, really.
1: You know, he was. He was. It was very different. Uh, the, the, Bill Gates' issues were about dominance and about dominance over industry, not, not – wholesale tarnishing of a civilization murdoch has going to have a lot to speak for when he dies i think yeah now, and he's a us very Zuckerberg. different creature i would take bill gates any every day and twice on sunday to rupert murdoch
0: do you think zuckerberg's the archetype of of gates
1: uh i think mark over time will evolve i hope um i think the, the job he has is so quantumly important and he is so not able to handle it just like very, men, very few people would be able to handle. It. I, 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 I respect him for trying. I just don't think it's the, what he's built. It's possible to manage in the way he hopes it could be, and and the fact that he has no uh, accountability is really difficult. I think if you don't, if the if the if the guillotine's not going to drop at some point, you don't. There's no. There's no. There's no accountability. Like there's yeah. got to be accountability.
0: Why don't you think uh, Mark is capable of handling? this? is it it's a lack of? emotional intelligence no of course he has emotional intelligence
1: it doesn't matter no person can figure out how to deal with all these problems in real time this is he's talking Mm -hmm. about um managing the human race and their communications and Mm -hmm. how everybody's thoughts and negative and positive flowing through his platform and there and, and it's being used by a lot of negativity you know a lot of really dangerous information and so having to make those calls in real time in in the mass that's coming in it's just not a job for one person and it's not a job not that he's making every decision but it's he you know a buck does stop with him on lots of big issues but again he's
0: bringing himself with really smart people who No, it's not enough
1: people. What he's built is it's is who's in charge of all communication. That's what it is. Like I don't forget 60 70% of people read their news on facebook in some countries it's 90 uh, you know he's it's like as if we had someone running the internet we don't have someone running it just does itself right yeah. nobody runs the internet but yeah. someone runs facebook and facebook yeah. is the internet to a lot of people so
0: and yeah. how about jack over at twitter is it the same well, situation smaller
1: that's just because the media loves it that's a much smaller i mean it has it has its resonance because of donald trump and him being on the platform but um you know I, I you know again for example in, in throwing trump off the um off the two platforms essentially two people made that decision in the world two people changed the course of history right
0: yeah
1: i'm good with their decision because i took i think it took them too long to make by the way I
0: was ask, yeah was it too, long? too
1: late good decision finally when the things things were getting pretty hot they didn't want to be that linked with terrorism essentially domestic terrorism but it was just two people what? Like, huh? Like, I don't know. Even if it's a good decision, you know, someone, I don't know, there's about to be a nuclear war and it's not supposed to be and one person stops it. Good. But why is one person stopping it? Like, what?
0: What? What?
1: Like, you know, that makes you worried.
0: Too much power. And that's, that's Murdoch's problem too, right? The media empire.
1: In his way. Well, he's a different, he doesn't have as much power as they do. It's a good thing he doesn't have the power they have. That's what I say
0: yeah so so let's switch gears to things that you love
1: just so you Uh, know i only have a few more minutes at half an hour here but go ahead
0: oh okay um let's switch gears to some of the things that you love you you've recently talked to people like brian cranston and Mm -hmm. and other actors it seems like you are a a big fan of pop culture and tv and movies Mm -hmm. Um, i've also heard you talk about you know aliens and bigfoot and all yeah, i love that stuff uh, i just spoke to neil degrasse tyson who is oh, the astrophysicist mm-hmm. and i asked him about uh i said neil i just want to know your position on three things uh in this order bigfoot aliens and god mm-hmm. uh can you weigh in on that for me
1: oh gosh uh, bigfoot um are you a believer I, I, no no <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i think it's a bear <laughs> I, I like that it's there though you know i kind of like yep. though i like those kind of mythologies they're sort of conspiracy theory theories that are benign right they're kind of benign conspiracies. so i don't mind the loch ness month I'm like okay sure yeah. um what are you th- fascinated with um i think it's interesting I, I always read everything about it it's not like i don't read about it um i think uh oh the conspiracy theories none of them like they're all insane but they're yeah. um but they're amusing to look at because most of them are plots of movies um, like there's a, a recent QAnon conspiracy theories that Trump and, uh, and Biden switched faces and mm. actually Trump is running the white house now ah. and nobody knows it. Although, you know, feels feels a little Next. liberal, um, yeah. but I was like, that was a movie with Nicolas Cage and John Travolta called face off, just so you know, right. remember <laughs> like every one of their conspiracy theories is a movie. Yes. I was like, that yeah. was a movie. And I'm of course I love sci-fi. And so i watched all the movies. You're a aliens. Star Trek fan, right? I'm a Star Trek fan, not a Star Wars fan. Yeah. Right.
0: No, I heard you talk to Stacey Abrams yeah, about yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's your Star Trek character? Who are you most associated with?
1: Oh, oh, God. I don't know. I like a lot of them. Probably Picard. I like Picard. Picard.
0: Yeah. The Captain. Uh, maybe Makes Spock.
1: Sense. In a lot of ways, I like Spock. Um, and then aliens? I, sure. Sure. I can't believe we're not the only life. I don't know what form they'll take, but sure. I'm good with that. I'm good with believing that that's possible. Um, yeah. I don't know about the people visiting us and operating on us, I think that's, I just don't know why they always settle in rural areas. They ever go to a city, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, yeah. they never show up, at the, 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 you know, Harvard, like they never take someone from Harvard. They just, anyway. Yeah. Um, well,
0: there's this Venn diagram now between us, you know, <laughs> you, me and Neil deGrasse Tyson, We we agree there's overlap. So
1: yeah. Okay. And then the last one, God, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm an, I'm not an atheist. I'm an agnostic. I have no idea. And so I don't know. There's, there's some order to the universe. It's clear when you look at nature, there's some beauty and uh, symmetry to it, but that might just be science.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, What have you learned about yourself as a person who is now a mother of Mm -hmm. three? Uh, now a mother.
1: I've been a mother for twenty years, but okay.
0: Right. Like so. What have you learned about yourself in hindsight? Um, sort of taking uh, inventory a little bit.
1: Um, and,
0: and this means a lot to me because I'm also a father. So I have I have four mm-hmm, children.
1: Mm-hmm, uh, and
0: being someone who's adopted, I have I have this interesting perspective. I'm mm-hmm. uh, just curious to hear from your point of view.
1: Uh, I think that uh, parenting is the most important thing I've done. I think it really is. I think I'm pretty good at it. Uh, I think I am. I think my kids think I am. Um, I think it's very important to do that part right like the best to really be be there i haven't yeah. been there the whole time i've done a lot of work i work a lot and um and i've made mistakes what it, some what? What, I'm sorry? what does
0: being good at it mean what makes you good at it um
1: i think i don't i think you'd be surprised but i'm not very uh heavy-handed i i, I let them um you know i have different parenting styles from my ex um i don't look at their homework. I don't care if they finish their homework. I I want them to take responsibility for themselves if they, it's after a certain age, certainly not when they were younger. Uh, but on some level, uh, I'm always like, what do you think? Let them make their decisions. And, you know, I yeah. don't like, it's not like, what do you think about taking drugs or drink, the, the drinking and driving? That's not what I'm talking about. But I like them to, to make their, to learn to make their decisions and take responsibility for them. Um, yeah. And good decisions. And And I often say, well, that's a decision. I don't know if it's a good one, but it's a decision. You know what I mean? Like, make make good decisions. I often say to them when they leave yeah. the house.
0: It seems like a very uh, Socrates way of raising your children. <laughs>
1: Socrates, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't
0: know. You know, it's sort of like you know, the 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 teacher will appear when the student is ready, and then you know, Socrates, the Socratic method is all yeah, about. I just don't over.
1: Home. I don't overachieve at them. I don't think they. I don't think it doesn't think does any good. I see a lot of parents that are. Um, The whole thing with, like, my son is like, oh, if I do this, I'll get an A in this. I said, just do it because you like it. Like, do not do anything for a grade. Or maybe if I do this club, it'll be good for college. I'm like, please don't do that. Please, (laughs) for the love of God, don't do that. Because you'll be on an achievement wheel your whole life. And by the way, you'll never catch up. And so the things I've done in my career is everything I've done, I've liked myself. Like, I like it. makes me happy. When I'm happy, I create jobs. When I'm happy, I'm creative. And so I really do push among my kids, like, please don't do anything for being a good boy or a good. just just don't. I'd rather you watch a movie like I'd rather you not um, try to, like, be performative for some dumb thing like getting into college, like you yeah. get into college or not. Just enjoy your learning. And so yeah. I think some of the teachers hate me because I'm. I was like, that homework's useless. And they're like, it is? I'm like, absolutely. Let me just tell you, this is what you need to do to be successful in the workplace. You need to learn how to be on teams. You need to learn how to be um, th- creative. You need to be thoughtful about how you, and intentional. And I was like, these are the things you don't teach in school. Learning, whatever you're learning here is not, the way you're learning it is not gonna, memorization It's really not, gonna, unless you wanna be a doctor, yes, you should know chemistry, right? Mm-hmm. But if you want to do this, you don't need this. And so I want them to learn for learning's sake and no other reason. And I just can't, I, can't, I hate watching a lot. Of, we're in D.C. now. We used to be in San Francisco. Where it was a lot easier to be able to push this. But, you know, there's a lot of kids that are just wrapped. They are they're, they're, they wrap themselves around an axle of achievement. And let me tell you, there's always someone better than you. Yeah. And you will never win that particular game. So do what you like. Do what you like because you have the freedom and the privilege to be in a society even as tough as it is with covid and not everybody lots of people are suffering and different people are suffering but many of the people my kids are around are very lucky and um it doesn't mean they can't be sad it doesn't mean they can't be depressed about what's going on they can't grieve the things they're missing but that they shouldn't be doing things for no for any reason except that it either helps the world or they like it themselves
0: one of the favorite things i heard you say on a a podcast of the past two i think you were talking about uh, crimes and murders and, mm-hmm. and different things and you said uh you know if if my ch- if my child committed a crime i would definitely 100 percent turn them into the authorities <laughs> I, and I just thought Scott that was so mad.
1: great <laughs> you were talking so about great. the oh it was brian cranston it was the show yeah. on that's the plot point the, the you know it from the beginning so i'm not giving you anything but he shields his son from his son's done a hit and run and he goes to take a minute turns out a mobster is is the kid that got mobsters kid and so he decides to it has lots of repercussions that are negative for other people not his son and so yeah um i just i don't know i would turn him in. i think people should be responsible i you know i'm thinking about this a lot with the promising young woman because nobody turned that person in or they didn't drop the dime on them and look what happened like the repercussions are vast
0: well there's there's this precedence on this, too. Look at Nazi Germany. Look at mm-hmm. the whole Trump era. I mean, there's lots of different yeah. things. Uh, one of the things that you admit that you're bad at is vulnerability. I loved that interview I'm with Brene Brown.
1: No, no. She called me Brene Brown, the queen of vulnerability, said I'm the most vulnerable person she's ever met.
0: Well, so, <laughs> so I agree with Brene, but you think that you were bad at it. So, um, I don't think I
1: was bad at it. I just don't I don't use the word vulnerability. I don't mind. Like, I, I think I, I look at it it's like I, I, I am not scared. I think vulnerability is not weakness. I think it's a strength. I think I'm not scared of negative things happening. I'm not scared mm-hmm. of disaster. I'm not scared of, I'm sca- What I always say when my sons are scared, my my daughter's too young to articulate this, but um, someone said, what are you scared of? I said, things that are scary. Otherwise, not really, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. there's there's a very limited number of things that are actually scary and I'm, I'm appropriately scared of them. But everything else, I really couldn't give a
0: fuck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you think you built that thick skin one thick. from... It's not thick. It's not
1: It's really... What? No, what's thick about it? I'm not hiding from it. I'm accepting it.
0: Well, you're going in there. Many, In many cases, what looks like a David versus Goliath, you know, you're the David Are against... Are they
1: literally going to hurt me in any way that is going to affect my life? And, no, there's no real danger for me
0: yeah there's no sure. I have
1: to I'm appropriate with danger. if I was with a shark swimming in a pool, I'd be appropriately terrified. otherwise yeah. Bill Gates is not scary. I'm sorry they're just it's not a challenge,
0: that yeah, well, good. I'm trying to make the argument I, I'm actually yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying that I'm pulling this out because yeah. I think it's a message that a lot of people need to hear. I just get, um, be
1: scared of things that are scary. That's pretty much, it's like, there's another piece of advice. And then I do have to go is, um, there, J- Jim Barksdale who ran Netscape. He had a book of all these sayings. If you, he was the CEO of Netscape, and it didn't work out, Netscape didn't work out, but he was a lovely guy and a really fantastic CEO in many ways. Um, and, and one of the things, he had a book of aphorisms that he would say all the time. He was from um, Mississippi, and so he'd always have like You know, some Mississippi saying or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, there was corn cobs involved or something like
0: that, or (laughs) chickens
1: or whatever. And but one thing he did say was, um, remember to keep the main thing the main thing. And I always thought that was really. I think about that all the time. Whenever I'm like drawn up, I'm like, oh, keep the main thing the main thing. Stop going everywhere else. And so I tend to keep the main thing the main thing. And then you do you do fine if you do that.
0: Yeah. I think that's a great soundbite to end on, Kara. Cool. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. I hope you. this will not be our last conversation. Yes, I'm, right. I'm fascinated with you and your work. <laughs>
1: Fascinating. <laughs> uh, I,
0: I absolutely love it. Um, <laughs> Thank you. are sort of my hero in many Good. ways. And, Good. Uh, well,
1: you do a great job of interviewing. I'm sorry I got to go, but I actually have to go play basketball with my kid, who's six yeah. foot two, and I'm five foot two, and I'm going to get my ass kicked. So, I, I, I have, I cannot be late for this. Mm.